Welcome to episode 283 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, welcome along to episode 283 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom, Bevan James Isles. How you going mate? Good, you got your Kona cap on today? Got my Kona cap? I'm, I'm never, I haven't been into caps. When I was a teenager, mm. I used to wear caps all the time, and then I went away from caps for years, and I sometimes wear the head sweats. You've, you've bastardised the cap a bit, because it's supposed to be a trucker cap, isn't it? Which you have this sort of flat rim. Um, was it, was how the cap was, John? Oh, was it? I didn't you've do the, flip the cap rule. You've, you've bent the, the rim, haven't no, you? No, no, I haven't. You need to go closer to your mic. No, okay. no, 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 I haven't. It's just this, and I'm liking the cap. I've gone back to caps, John. It's the T-G-I-N-R parties. Thank God I'm not racing Kona. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah, we got it when we went to the party that Triathlete Mag, I think it's Triathlete Mag, is it? Competed a group. Competed, triathlete.com put on by Bud. Jeez, they didn't hold back on the cash, did they? That was good. That was a good party, that one, John. We're keep, eating. Keep your subscriptions going for that magazine. Tell you what we did, we, we just stood by the food, didn't we? I think alcohol was free, but we didn't care. We just stood by the John was John. You were just like back and forth. Exactly. <laughs> and it took us proudly brought to you by? Coffeesofwai.com. Um, the tasty, tasty, tasty coffee. Athlinks.com. That did some cool stuff, man. We're going to talk about that today. And extreme endurance. Your electric buffer to make you a faster, better, more winning athlete. You see that? Guarantee a win, John. That's how you sell products. I had my talk from my running group the other day. I was saying, like, when you go before the race, there's always going to be someone trying to sell you something and telling you you're going to have a faster race. Mm. Don't believe them. Mm. Again, this week's show, what have we got coming up? We've got some news. We've got an age group of the week. We've got an interview with Brian Rohde from... Um, from Rolf Prima. Yes, so the topic we really wanted to discuss was race wheel selection and what is best for different athletes. There's a lot of uh, you know hype out there and uh, and really what is the best wheel for you. John, do you know what? We need to get these guys to sponsor our show. Yeah, we'll get on to it. I'll get on to it. They've got some earphones when I was in... in... No, don't plug them now. We'll plug them when they start sponsoring the show. Okay, well, they were very, they're very good. Uh-huh. Maybe you should give them some love and then they might get all the benefit. Anyway, uh, we've got some questions and answers at the end. Okay, so first of all, we've got some news coming up in this weekend. Not really Ironman specific, but ITU Long Distance World Championships on. And they're in Vegas as well, aren't they? They are in Vegas. It's kind of uncanny that they both happen in the same place. Very odd. But ITU World, you know, that moves every every year, um, for better or for worse. You know, it, does, it, it, it lacks being able to have that history, a bit like, you know, Kona is there every year. And what they'll be doing with the 70.3 Worlds with Vegas is having it consistently there so you can try to build up a bit of uh, do you think Vegas will ever be a big event Uh, no no No, but it'll be if they crank up the money it'll get more and more prestigious um, and maybe for the 70.3s guys but it's just too close to Kona to get your 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 top Kona dudes well Crowley did it but um, there's a good argument it's just getting a bit too close and it's going to be very very hot I think that's the the big argument is if it was in a a cool climate where you could potentially not nuke yourself so badly they got lucky this year it wasn't so hot um, but potentially it can be very 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 hot what what would be the perfect distance time wise before Kona? So you know, like okay, what's well, about four weeks before Kona this year? I think it was. Yeah, so four weeks. You know, if, if you're going to have an epic race on a pretty hot course, you know that you are looking at that kind of risk factor of you know kind of blowing out your Kona race. Although Corey kind of proves us wrong on that one, but you know if they were to do it eight weeks out from Kona, do you think they get a quality field? They would, but the other thing is, there's only so many times you can go to the max in a season. You know, you talk to Ferris, uh, he, 
you know, he put his max effort there at Ironman Frankfurt, and mm. uh, he just takes that little bit of edge away. So, yeah, I think if it was further out, it would carry a bit more prestige. It's still going to have that heat factor, though, there in Vegas. Uh, so I like that. I think it's, it's good to have courses on your world championships where, you know, it's not just about the race. Yeah, but you don't want every course to be ridiculously hot. You know, Kona's your hot, hot race. Yeah, true. Fair call. Um, so, anyway, but this weekend it's ITU World Long Distance Champs. It's slightly longer. It's the 4K swim, 120K bike, 30K run. Um, really nice distance. You know, it's a bit further than a half, but it doesn't, it's not quite that full. So it's, it works in well. It's got $75,000 US prize money versus the uh, 70.3 worlds that really bumped it up. But this year they went up to 100000 US. So what we're looking at that for, for the ITU, you're looking at 9375 US for the win. Drops down to $190 US for 15th place. Um, so it's certainly a worthwhile race doing. Very much end of season race for a lot of these guys. Right, really, he's really he's late season. <laughs> and quite hard to tell who's going to be racing because uh, the start lists are up. But with ITU, you often have to enter fairly early in the piece. So, you know, you've got good people like Rachel Joyce who's on the, on the start list and she didn't seem overly enthusiastic about it um, post-Kona. It was sort of a bit of a backup plan. You've got a few other people. Caroline Stephan was in a similar boat. She wasn't sure if she'd race or not. Um, when, we, when we saw her in Kona, a lot of them entered as a backup race. But one name that I did see on the list there was uh, Michael Raylert. Michael yeah. um, and he raced either last weekend or the weekend before at a 70.3, and he's back. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him, him there. Michael Nevado. You've got Jordan Rapster's going to be there well, again, on this but, list. But, but Rapster, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's racing Arizona, which is... Uh, coming up in a couple of weeks as well so maybe not quite sure there but we'll, we'll maybe report more on it next week and then we'll know actually who has raced but uh, good race, you got obviously all the age groupers there racing as well, an important race good to see it in the States It, it is something that the European athletes tend to go for more towards because they, they do seem to get some recognition from their governing bodies of triathlon in their country because it's under the ITU Definitely. That when you, we speak to the European athletes they are, you know, this is a more appealing race than maybe what a New Zealand top level pro would do or an American top level pro. And the, but the big, big difference there is you're going here to represent your country. Yeah, um, so you get the outfit, don't you? You'll be in the outfit, yeah. um, whereas 70.3, you're very much just going out there and doing it for yourself. So that is the big, big difference. And Do you think that, yeah. that WTC I mean, will ever try to get countries involved? Well, they should, because I think um, when you look at it from a New Zealand perspective, uh, and I don't know if we mentioned this much, but in Kona, you go over there, and yeah, you're not you're not necessarily racing as, as a team New Zealand, but they have a couple of functions for all those Kiwis that are racing. Yeah, Jane Patterson and their crew do, do really look after the Kiwis. Yeah, there. so yeah. they have a, a breakfast on the Tuesday morning of the race. Um, I think then they'll get together for the Parade of Nations, and then for the prize giving, uh, they have a meeting point where all the Kiwis can get together. Yeah, it was really and nice, actually. Really like, good idea. Because we didn't really keep in touch with the Kiwis, because we were kind of doing our own thing and being busy with that, but it was really nice, because you could tell the Kiwi group had a real kind of camaraderie with each other and that mm. real kind of support and like it was really nice you know being there and seeing that from the outside and it was kind of a pity we couldn't join in on that but um it was wicked eh? like and that really came from jane peterson and i'm in new zealand you know organizers actually taking the initiative and creating that eh? there's no reason why you couldn't easily do that all it takes is um to group the you know get your email list out there group them by country i guess the difference we've got with new zealanders is most of them will qualify at ironman new zealand where for a lot of other countries you know you're going to qualify at a range of different races throughout europe so i guess that's one difference but it's no not hard to to just pull them all together and, and have some meeting places i suppose the one that, you know maybe other countries we're doing it and we don't know 
Mm. You know, maybe they were because we were close to New Zealand people. Okay, so this weekend we've also got Ironman Florida coming on, and um, this has pretty much been put in place of the seventy point three wheel champs. That was, is it or? No. Oh, no. Okay, I'm talking crap. Yeah, uh, I mean, Florida's been around for for a long time. No, but is it around the same time as when the 70.3 chips were? Yeah, pretty similar. I mean, they were a bit later. See, that's where the ego was going, going on. on. <laughs> but I mean, Florida has traditionally been uh, this time. It's uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been downgraded, John. Well, it, 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 it has never drawn in a stellar, stellar field. Sometimes well, it's you bad got timing. you got, sometimes you got guys that are bombed out in Kona and they might go there to pick up their ticket for the following year. But obviously, it's a different qualifying system now, um, and it is now very much going to be seen as, I guess, a development race. It's only a thousand point race, which is your lowest tier for for point scoring. So you know your top pros who are serious about Kona are probably look, not really looking at it seriously, and also it's only a twenty five thousand dollar US prize pool. So again, that's the lowest tier. So you know, did you look at the pro field? Uh, you, got uh, you couldn't see it because they've just you couldn't even the, see it. Well, you got the they've just got <laughs> oh, alphabetical, well. alphabetical order, full start list. So okay. um, trying to extract the pros from there was uh, was not very easy. So for these bottom tier races, they have four and a half thousand dollars US for first, and it drops down to five hundred dollars US for for sixth place. And yeah. As we say every year, thing with Florida, if you want to go and race there, you need to accept it's probably going to be a bit of a draft fest and you need to be a good runner, good, good swim runner. Traditionally, it is fast times? It is fast time, moderately fast times, but you don't get the, the, rock the real stars, rock stars. Yeah. And if they turned up, then you might see some really, really fast times. But flat course, fast racing, a lot of drafting, and uh, and that's just the way it is at that race. And you just got to run fast if you want to do a, uh, if you want to perform well. Um, but you see a lot of age groupers doing. Fast times there. Okay, John, well, uh, last weekend we had another race on, and this is a bit of an iconic race that's been around for a few years, and it's the Beach to Battleship race. And what happened, John? We had, in third place, Ian Blake in 9.21. We nice. had Sebastian Wilteren in second in 9.18, and Daryl Williams in 9.13 taking it out. When I did look at the results, it was really tightly bunched. A lot really? of guys under, you know, in that sort of 9.20 to 9.30 range, so... The swim did look marginally short there. Uh, you got <laughs> Sebastian there in second place, swam 43. for 43 minutes. He's just a gun, mate. Don't, don't, don't take credit away the, from him. The bike and run look, you know, look normal, um, but the swim, you know, you see some pretty... <laughs> hold on. The girl who got second in the females race... Swam a 40.5. 40 minutes and five seconds. Yeah, she smoked so it. So that is, that is a fast swim. Who knows? It may be correct distance or maybe downstream or something. I don't what know. is the world record in... I know, I know this is one of those silly, silly questions in our sport because courses and all the rest of it, but what, what would be one of the fastest swim times? In, a, in Ironman, I would be picking it to be around about 44 minutes. Wow, that's fast. I, I guess. Kona, you know, the fastest, I don't know what the course record is there, but the fastest guys are normally doing. But as pots not, come out of the water in? Not much under 50. Uh, you usually sort of maybe 47, 48. Depending the problem on for those guys is if you get someone like Potts, he's just too good. So he, like, it's not like he gets a, dry, a pack that he can work with. If you've got like five or six women like Potts to work together, mm. you know, you might get kind of mid to high, you know, mid, maybe 45. Yeah. yeah. Girl side of things, we had uh, Laura Chimpkin in third in 10.49. April Lee Galately uh, in 10 hours and 6 minutes with a awesome minute swim. swim, 40 <laughs> minutes swim. And then Dee Atkins in 9.58. Nice, beach battlefield. And the good thing about this race this year was that we were looking at the numbers, and it was big numbers, wasn't yeah, it? sold yeah. out. Yeah, so, yeah, so it's, good it's the PPD, beach to battleship. Love your work, PPD. Okay, John, you've, you've, you've collected pretty much everything 
Did you get the get plunger? Get excited, people. Did, get excited. Did you get the plunger? What pl- no, I didn't get the plunger. No, I did not get a plunger. It took me a second to get that. No, I did not. Okay, so the Great Kona auction, and this, and basically John's, this is John's initiative and idea, and he's basically just collected everything that he could find when he was in in Kona, and he's gone into an auction. stuff here. Tell, tell us what's in there, John. Right, so that all the it's just going to be a one-off auction, a box load of stuff, and the money we raise is going to go to the Challenged Athletes Foundation. So first up, we've got the limited edition I Am Talk Kona T-shirt. Not T-short, as I've gotten written there, T-shirt. No, T-short. It's a large size, and there's only ever been six of these produced. Maybe it's a T-short in so, South Africa. Yeah, if you T-short. If you, if you look at any of our Kona pictures, you see Bevan and I wearing them. Uh, this is a... And he's six producers. I like the way you make that a selling point. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's a nice blue T-shirt, large size, uh, looking good. Uh, we've got an Ironman World Championship coffee mug. Nice. To Did you get one of those? You got, oh yeah, I got that instead of the um, oh, earphones, the earphones but then yeah. I got both because I know how to talk to talk. Oh, did you scheme the yeah, earphones? the earphones too. Did you got some earphones in here or did you keep them? Oh, you didn't put them there. <laughs> no, so we've got a coffee mug. Then you've got the Ironman World Championship media T-shirt. It's a beautiful green T-shirt, and that's a medium size. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's beautiful, John. Yeah, but it's a media T-shirt. It's pretty cool to have. You can stick it up on the wall. Will you do that? Yeah. Um, I'm here to win. Chris McCormick book. Oh, nice. It's going in there. They were giving those away, weren't they? Yeah. So we're giving we, we we one away too. Six copies, didn't we? So there you go. Did I'm, you read it? I've just about finished it. It's a good read. It is worth, uh, definitely worth yeah. it. It's an easy read. Um, well, I think it's, read. It's, it's targeted at the mainstream. Yeah, no, it's, uh, but, but for, for me as well, I'm, I'm finding some interesting things in there. So oh, it's a good story. Um, you've got a little bag, the, the, the Iron Man now, bag. God, is, is, it, is it a plastic bag? No, it's like a little canvas bag with the drawstrings on okay, it. Okay, so because when you say bag, you know, I'm thinking... To be, to be fair, I, we both had one of those. Mine lasted about four hours before. Oh, so it was broke. it mine? No, I don't know where I got it from. Oh, it was mine. Yeah, okay. it um, we've got a, a world championship poster. The poster was quite cool this year. I liked yep. it. Yep. Um, we've got the official race program. It came from the Albanator? No, it didn't. I had oh. mine. I, I, <laughs> okay. Um, we've got, I'm going to put in three extreme endurance travel packs. Nice. It's three so weeks worth, isn't it? Yep. So yep. there you go. Um, a Blue 70 Kona special rubber swim cap. A, a mini box of Wheaties. You think you can ship that? Wheaties? Yeah. Oh, chuck them in there. Chuck them in there. Customs. Uh, customs. Uh, a pair of e-laces from O2 Creations. Did you use those in a transition race? Because if not, if you did... I think I did, actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah didn't work for you. No, it didn't. Well, no, it wasn't so much that it didn't work for me. I was just too casual. You underestimated the power of the aisles. I thought I, I, thought I had you covered. <laughs> um, a little aluminium Iron Man drink bottle. A power gel all the way from Kona. <laughs> That's one this power one gel. power gel from Kona. <laughs> Uh, and we've got a Fig Jam t-shirt from Purple Patch Fitness um, We discussed what Fig Jam stands for It's a, a white t-shirt It was actually quite cool, yeah It's either medium or large I think it was large And that's about it I gave mine to Albert Okay Yeah So there you go And all the proceeds are going to the Challenged Athletes Foundation Because we're so impressed by these guys who are out there doing the races in pretty tough conditions But also the Challenged Foundation, which is Bob Babbitt's thing, isn't it? Yep Yep. And uh, they're doing great work to get People moving, which is great. And I'll have that up on eBay in the next couple of days. I'll Facebook it and we'll put it up on the website and we we'll, we'll won't be quite finished next week. Unless you reckon we'll get. I don't think it's going to be like the, the, the earthquake auction. No, but it's, it's a good one. I mean, the, thing, the good thing, really good thing is you get the Macca book and if you want to read that and you get a couple of T-shirts and a whole bunch of Iron Man memorabilia. If you want to look cool in your office with your cup of coffee. And your, your bright green T-shirt, your and, media T-shirt. And when you're out there on your next training ride, you get a gel to use on your next training <laughs> ride. <laughs> gel. It's a special gel. Okay, John's got some other news. He's got his epic camp Kona light. So Scott's coming along, I see. Yes, so... Uh, you convinced him. 
I didn't, he didn't need any convincing. It's just a matter of making the numbers work. Oh. Um, so Epic Camp Light, this is going to be the camp that's the week before the Kona 70.3. If you've ever wanted to go over there and see what Kona is all about, you get to race on the course or the back half of the course. Um, do, we'll be riding the full course. We're doing all the Kona stuff you can ever want to do. Um, you'll have uh, some good coaching, um, and then you'll have a race to top it off. And we're staying at the Manulani um, for the last uh, two or three nights, and that is a uh, some seriously quality accommodation. It's like so, you've got a bed in the bedroom. It does. Wow. So if you want to get on it, uh, just pop me an email and I'll flick you through. And, and the what details. kind of numbers are we hoping for? Um, I need 12 to get it rolling. We're, pretty, we're getting pretty much close to there. And then um, it'll be a maximum of uh, probably 22. Okay. Um, and it's going to be good times. Okay. Very so good times. Very good timing if you're doing a mid season Ironman or a late season Ironman. Very good timing for, for race preparation. And uh, John's pretty experienced putting put on a great camp. So I highly recommend you get into it. So it's the. Epic Camp Light. I think it needs a better name. Well, we can't, we can't call it Epic Camp because it's going yeah, to be pretty hard. I think you, you don't call it Light. Mm, okay, Maybe well, it's to change the name time. Come up with something else. Yeah. Okay, John, we've got a new race coming up, and it's called the Extreme Try for Scotland, and it's uh, cxtry.com. And they're doing a, basically a race in, the, what's it called, Seltman? It's basically, they haven't, they haven't announced too much details yet, but it's basically going to be a Norseman event, in, a Norseman style event in Scotland. So you're going to be looking at swimming in a lock that's going to probably be about 10 degrees centigrade, I would imagine. Nice. Um, I'm sure you're going to be biking over about a gazillion um, little mountain passes. There's and- 4,000 metres of climbing in the race. And then you probably oh, run up, you yeah. probably run up some big-ass mountain at the end and, uh, and finish at the top, and you better be able to get the... Unlike Norseman, I'm sure you probably won't be able to get the chairlift down or the gondola down, but who knows? We'll see what sort of course they come up with. But check out the website and you can express your interest, and it's going to be uh, probably a pretty small field um, just by logistics. I think they've limited it, so check it out. Well, I think race day is going to be the 26th of June 2012, and entries actually open on the 5th of November over the next couple of days, and they're restricting it to 150 entries for the first year. So it's a good chance to get in and experience this race for the first time. They've got some photos on the website, and even just looking at the photos, she's looking pretty epic, John. Mm. Okay, any other news we've got that's really important? John's ICU update. Oh, so Mac has got 10th. Yes, we had new, the Noosa triathlon. So, wait a second, on so how important was that? Noosa is. Um, it's a really good historic, one of the big triathlons that's always been around. You go to Noosa and they've actually got a triathlon sign as a, oh, yeah. as a plaque. It's massive. It's mm. massive. Huge, huge numbers competing in it. Um, and it's one of those classics. But these days, the way the sport goes, you know, all the ITU athletes have to follow the World Champ Series, so it doesn't quite draw this. Why didn't field, they get it? Because Malulba got the, the World Champs, didn't it? Yeah, it's just money talks okay. and timing as well. Yep. So... It does have a lot of prestige um, in the history these days. It still gets a good field. Was um, it Sydney that got the World Champs? Sydney has a World Champs series. Malulaba has a World Cup. Okay. Yeah. But um, I think the name we've got to look out from here is this, this girl, Rollinson, the Aussie girl, who's uh, done very, very well with 70.3s, and she's going to really start crushing it. She beat a couple of good ITU girls um, on the back of a very strong Crushing it run. in ITU or crushing it in crushing our world? Crushing it in, in 70.3. I mean, she already is crushing it. But um, who knows? I don't. I don't think she'll step up to Ironman. But I think she's a name to watch. She can't swim very well, but um, biking and running, she is just ripping it. So keep really? looking out for her. Maca only got tenth, and only or is tenth good? Tenth is not so good there. It was. There was some good athletes, but his run was was pretty. Yeah, competitive um, but he got swamped in the swim and, and didn't bike particularly well so maybe it's just during a training day his name is down on the start list for 
the World Cup race in Auckland in three weeks' time. And you're going up for that, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're racing? So, yeah, yeah. He's How going you down. I'm taking him down. Oh, he's not no, an age group of John. He's dead, <laughs> uh, no, I'm feeling pretty miserable about it all. But, um, oh, really? Fine. But then I'll be fine. <laughs> so we'll see how he goes. But uh, he's still going to crank up his swimming. Okay. And uh, who won the guys? Who won the guys? Um, Caroline, Caroline Stephens' boyfriend, David Dello. Oh, nice. Hmm. Yeah, good. Okay. Yeah. Okay, then. Um, it's really good. Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah. She's a nice girl. She is. She's, really she's lovely. She's got smiley eyes. I always like people with smiley eyes. She's got a smiley smile as well. She always yeah, smiles. She's always smiling, isn't she? Okay, then. Um, Athlinks.com. First sponsor of the show, John, and you sent through some notes that I needed to look at, and I like what I see, John. Did I? Well, you show me what the, how they've got the. They've got the start list for the world champs. Yeah, so we talked a bit about this last week, and it's a new system they've got. Um, now it doesn't work quite so well this week with the world champs course because you know people don't really have a history over that distance. Um, so what they're doing is is you're putting your you know your PB time. You can your PB time will show up. You can put in your predicted time. It'll tell you whether your predicted time's up or down. It'll sort of rank you against the, the other athletes. Um, but because this is a new distance, they don't have that. But it's just a great way of going on there. And, uh, and laying down what you're going to do out there and seeing who else is racing and, and use it as a bit of a connection. You know, the old mountain snails up there. And we just get to see what listeners are actually competing out He's there. He's going for 10.01 nice. seconds. He doesn't, want get, he doesn't want to get under 10. He just wants to get a little bit over 10. Yeah. I wonder if, I, I wonder if he was running up the finishing shoot and he saw it was slightly under 10, would he wait to get 10.01? To get the production. Or would he get under 10? Yes. I think he'd go under. So real off a few of the names, Bevan. Your interweb isn't working for me. Um, got, Stephen Sharp, he's going to be going for eight hours. That's very good. We've got Karen um, Gallantry um, going for a 9.45. There you go, Mountain Snail. There's your challenge. She's 41. She's from Workingham in Great Britain. Uh, we've got Wayne Little. We've got uh, Gregory Graham, 44, male. He's from Montour in the US of A. And he's going for a seven and a half. What will the top guys do there? Uh, that's a good question, Bevan. Um, so let's, let's add it up. They'll swim 4K. Probably be about fifty-ish minutes. Yep. Biking one twenty. You're looking at averaging about forty k an hour. So that's another three hours. So that's three fifty. Running thirty k's. You're looking to touch over yeah, two hours. Touch over two hours. Oh really? So five six. So you're looking about six hours. Okay, about six, six hours. Okay. Six-ish. Well, Tom Goldfinger. Babington, mm-hmm. he's on the list. He's thirty-one. He's from the UK, and he's going, he's going to be representing Great Britain. He's going. That's the thing. He's got the outfit. Yes, got to get the outfit. The outfit's rock man. You know why? You do because you know even if you're not that great, you get the outfit. And all your mates who don't know the sport think you're exactly. representing the country. Exactly. <laughs> it's the key because I remember when I started triathlon. I started the year that the world champs were in Queenstown. Mm. I, that's the first. What, what year were they? Two thousand and three. Yes, and so I started training for Ironman New Zealand 2004. No, no, I must have done 2003. Ironman 2003. So it was around that time the wheelchair. It, it was 2001, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, it was 2001 I or think. two. No, you're right. It could be in 2003. Anyway, about, it was about that time. Yeah. And and I came onto the sport, and all these local athletes are representing New Zealand, and I was I wasn't even going to do that race because I didn't think I was good enough for it. And Rich, I probably could have got there, but. I didn't think it was good enough. I was doing Ironman. I thought, geez, man, all these guys are local legends. Everyone represents New Zealand. Yeah. And as time went on, I realised that they were good. But 
good. It wasn't that hard to get there. Right. Um, but wouldn't it feel good, and as it would feel at the, the ITU Worlds, is if you're in Kona and you're running out there in a, yeah, New a Zealand black and white New Zealand outfit, yeah. um, it'd be good times. Good old Kelly Harvey's doing the race, Donald Smith. Mm. It's a great thing about athletes. You can put on athletes, you can, everyone can see what you're doing. So get on there. You basically, <laughs> as long as you're a member on athletes, you basically um, click on, on the homepage, you just click on the event, search for your event, and then you can go on there, just add it to your calendar, and then you'll pop up on that list, and uh, it'd be good to put in your prediction and, and a few comments about what you're going to do. Did, did you um, get Halloween kids come in last night? I didn't, no. Oh, really? No. No, neither. I was at home, but my, my <laughs> daughter my daughter went out as a Halloween, and she took my running gear because she's afraid of running. Yes. That was, that was the thing oh, she was gosh. afraid of. I thought it was quite clever. Oh, so there you go. It smells like teenage kids right now. Yes. Um, okay, John, that was our sponsor. Now we're going to pull up the show notes, and what am I talking we're about? We're going to put some music in for Hot Topic. Oh, no, we no, need no, 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 no music for that. We'll do Hot Topic. Live, live on the edge. Okay, we'll, okay well, I'm going to live it on the edge. Um, here's some music. Discussion of the week. week. See, we don't have an intro for that job. Hot topic of the week, isn't it? Well, it's either or. I think I've on the website. You always call it hot topic. topic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on the website, I always say discussion of the week. So it's a bit of both. Yeah. You know, it's just, we're merging so it You together. just try to get one up on me. Great question last week. Great question. Millions of responses. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was the discussion, John? Um, it was... If Chrissy, will Chrissy Wellington break Paula Newby Fraser's record for number of Kona wins? Yes, she's based on the fact she's 34 now. Um, and my question is, you know, like she's a legend, you know, and, and right now you wouldn't want to, you'd put your house on your store winning lots and lots of races over the next few years. But if she hits the late 40s or late 30s, do you think she can get that ninth win? You know, if she wins the next four years, she's going to be 38, maybe 39 by the time she gets the opportunity to win the ninth. And so I'm really curious. I think it's a really good. Interesting. It will be interesting to watch her career because A, will she be motivated enough to want to go for it and B, will she be physically strong enough at that age to still win? So, your John thought. Hancock, the only thing about, um, about people like Chrissy is they're brilliant at everything they do. Um, they decide they've had enough and then move on to the next thing which they are equally brilliant at. Well, Kyle Hamilton is saying, I don't think Chrissy Wellington will race five more Konas as a pro. I think she'll retire before then. Wow. Wow, that's interesting. Okay. Um, Steve Crossman, sure. T- um, taking nothing away from Chrissy Wellington, but Rinnie is only 30 and arguably has 10 years plus to race in Kona. She might get close too. Mm, Simon Underwood, I don't know which one you've chosen. I think it depends on whether Chrissy wants to race that long or if she finds the publicity platform. She gets to where she wants to uh, be through the results she has already I, th- I do think that if uh, we look at Armstrong as an example, getting to five wins was equaling the record, gave him real kudos, and exceeding the record put him on another level in respect of outside of the sport. So if Christie decided that uh, she was invited to suit, sit uh, with the world leaders and talk po- policy on global leaders' issues, nine wins would look better. So basically he's thinking Christie's influence outside the sport, which he seems to be big on, mm-hmm. you know, getting that, the most ever wins in Kona would be worth it. Uh, Kyle Hamilton, I don't think Chrissy Wellington will race five more Konas as a pro. I think she'll retire before then. Oh, it's interesting. People think she'll retire. Mm-hmm. Uh, James, the wise one, Botel. Chrissy Wellington will be a nine times winner. Listen to her motivation and focus. Uh, she, uh, For her, it is both win 
and a higher calling. She is once in a generation athlete focused on bigger things than, than Kona is giving, e.g. platform for her views and opportunity. 2010 refocused this when she was taken from her when it was taken from her. She is driven and understands that titles matter more than finished times and she needs nines to stand alone. She will represent the things that she cares about sport, woman, aid for developing countries, etc. She is young and still improving. Nobody could catch her this year when she was weakened. Plus, uh, she has learned the importance twice of being fit, healthy, and able to compete. So she's simply unbeatable. Richard Lewis, uh, maybe if she stops racing three to four Ironmans a year. Um, that said, there's not a female athlete who is close to her. Despite her injuries at Kona, she's still won. If she was not injured, Rinnie would be lucky to be within 15 to 20 minutes of her. Don't know if I go that far. Uh, yep, by Stuart Moore. Nice. <laughs> Bevan, you obviously think she can't do it. You think she's going to crumble? No, no, I don't think she's going to crumble. I think there's a few factors we have to look at. I think, first of all, we have to look at Chrissy kills her body. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and she she tends to race every race high risk. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we haven't seen a performance for her where she just kind of sits in and gets the win and clocks over. You know, every race to this point has tested her body a lot. So when you look at someone like Chrissy, she, A, she is physically gifted. You know, like, she has a level of, of you know, her... her you know, physiology works in her advantage. But B, she's one of the hardest working athletes out there and one of the most mentally pushing herself on race day out there as well. And that's not to say other athletes aren't working as hard, but Chrissy, you know, even when she's in the lead, she's still trying to chase down those big wins. And there is a fatigue factor that comes with that. And, you know, in five years from now, will that be hurting her physically? Mm. Um, I think one of the things you've got to remember about Chrissy versus, say, some of the other athletes is... She hasn't been a high-performance athlete for a long time. You often talk about, yes, you've definitely got that fatigue factor from racing so much, but if you're talking about somebody who's come from a uh, from a swimming background and been in triathlon and just sort of come through the ranks, someone like Rinnie has, has sort of come through the ranks a lot more, so she's been involved in the sport for quite a while. So I think Chrissy um, doesn't quite have... Uh, so you're saying, much, like athletic age, she's not so fatigued. Yeah, she's not quite as fatigued, but I think she's going to wear that down, as you said, very, very quickly by racing so many Ironmans a year. I'd be interested to talk to you. Well, it's not just the racing, it's the way she races. Like, the girl yes. beats herself up. Yeah. And, and I think that'll be a really interesting topic if we, um, you know, I'd like to get Aaron Baker on for our Legends podcast at some stage. And I know those guys raced a lot, but I don't know how many Ironmans per year they were doing. And I'm sure Aaron was the type of person who actually also would race smart um, and would just race for the win yep. rather than necessarily always setting records so I think that's a real danger I mean I, my gut feeling is that she won't be around to do that many more yeah, because why is that like, well, I, I, I can't see babies why she be. babies Bevan I think. oh you think she wants to have kids well I'm not going to speak for her but <laughs> have you spoke to her this week because yeah, <laughs> you haven't kids are you pregnant you know John said you're pregnant if you wait until you're into your 40s then it's obviously um, a bit harder so I guess that's that's a big big consideration and whether the interest stays there to keep doing it as well um, I think those are two things I, so you think the thing that's going to be the most so you, so you think if she's willing to go she'll get nine I think so but is, the one caveat to that is if she keeps racing the way she is that may wear her down uh, a little bit too quick if she if she dropped down and say doing two Ironmans a year I'd be absolutely convinced if she wanted to keep really because well, well, like, the thing that you're always arguing is you know as the ITU athletes come through they're, they're finding new levels mm. and now now Chrissy is a you know a big step ahead of what's out there right now so you know realistically she's probably ten minutes above someone like Rennie mm. and on a good day so. You know, but if, if, if in five, you know, next three or four years after the Olympics, we may see some of those ITF girls come through. Do you yeah. think any of those girls could push Chrissy? No, no, I don't at the so moment. So she's that um, special. Yeah, I think so. Uh, 
you know, they're, they're fast runners. Um, they certainly, I think, they could beat her over um, half distance. Yep. But over a full, you know, she's running. 2.52 in Kona, running 2.44 elsewhere. Mm. I don't, whilst those girls are electric fast, don't think they could run that fast. Guys side of thing, I think there's guys that are capable of coming through and really stepping up and, and taking the win, but to beat Chrissy, I, there's nobody on my radar at the moment that I think could crush her. That's where I find it's really interesting. So there's, there's, there's two factors. A, physically, can she do it? Will there be someone, will there be some young whippersnapper coming through who's going to actually be able to push her you know, in four years from now when she is, you know, getting that kind of later age. And we do know for females that they do seem to be able to hold their speed for a lot longer than the male athlete. You know, once guys get to about 47, you know, Crowey's, what, 47 now? 47, 38, I think. Oh, 38, sorry, in the 40s, <laughs> I mean, 30s, sorry. But, you know, th- you know, th- this is pretty rare, what's happening with the males right now. To be this old and winning races is pretty rare. Maybe it's because we're better at looking after our bodies now, and mm-hmm. the science behind the sport is helping us race longer at higher speeds. But, you know, traditionally the girls can go longer, so in theory maybe Chrissy could hold into her early 40s. But then the question becomes, will she be motivated? And, and I, it's, it is interesting. I suppose the, the fact that you bring up about kids could mm, be the big totally. thing. Because, well, but who knows if she wants kids? But, um, it, you know, because Chrissy does have that kind of influence the world through my sport thing. Mm. And I think a lot of people bring up the good point that, you know, for her to get nine wins would maybe, you know, if she could get ten wins in Kona. Like mm. that gives her a pretty big platform to do big things in the world. Mm. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, isn't it? It is. It is indeed. Ten, five years from now, we're looking back, John, and we're going. Now, this discussion was revolutionary. Who yeah, thought of it? It was. Because <laughs> um, then this week's discussion is poor, and you know it. Well, no, hold on. We've got to do. Uh, so we had an email in from uh, Mark Tickner um, from coachfortry.com. Oh, great! So he's, he's got a website, coachfortry.com. And he does a bit of coaching, and he does a bit of racing as well. Um, And he's getting a book together, uh, a training book resource for swimming, and would love to send a copy out to one of our listeners. So I went on to random.org, and I put in the number of... uh, number of posts we had and it picked out post number 19 so phil scott you're going to take home one of these training books from mark tickner from coachfortry.com uh flick bevan an email and i'll and, flick it through to and flick it through to mark and get yourself hooked up we Is haven't it? actually seen the book yet but i'm sure it's fantastic yeah no it looks like it's a pretty good website it looks like it's lots of community stuff and yeah so you've got, have you got your veto card out again bevan what do you mean for this week's discussion i'm brought back last week's yeah, it's a Discussion. Well, we're yeah. over Kona. Okay. Well, I'm not. <laughs> I'm still living the dream. <laughs> still living in the, in the highlight of our year, John. Of our, we still get emails about it. I like that. Yeah, your most memorable performance from Kona, unless Bevan in the next 30 seconds can come up with. Well, your most one. memorable performance. performance. Yeah. What do you mean? Well, so when you, if you were watching the live coverage or you looked at the results, you looked at the stories after the result. It doesn't have to be a pro, but the one thing from Kona this year. That stood out for you as the thing you're going to go right. When I think about Kona, that was uh, what I'm going to remember it for. Okay, so I'm thinking because I was talking to John before the show about this new app that I've got called mm. what's it called, John? It's called Text Expander, and I think it's only a Mac app. And I'll tell you, John, you need to go Mac. And and I'm not sure if I can make a discussion around this, but I'm going to try. Let's just just roll with me here, John. Roll Perhaps with me. You're swimming there. Yeah, I'm doing my freestyle. That's how I used this one. It wasn't yeah. pretty, but. Anyway, so Text Expander is this really cool app that you get from Mac, and what it does is you basically can store up text that you would normally use a lot. Let's say your address, your bank account, um, sentences that you may use a lot, you know, email signatures, anything like this, anything that you would have, you know, an expansion for. 
And then you have little codes that you can use. So, for example, I've got um, – I, like I use a paragraph with my running group a lot. I often have to repeat kind of the same things to, to different people. So I have like a paragraph that I often have to kind of send out to people. So – and the paragraph probably has 70 words in it. So I've got this code, which is a four-letter kind of code. It's like ESAG. And when I want to write it, I just put ESAG, and that whole paragraph just turns up in whatever I'm writing. It's just bang. It's there. Bang. It's brilliant. And the reason I've found Text Expander is because I'm trying to look at my life, and I'm trying to go – Okay, well, where can I be more efficient? I spend half, I've decided to spend an hour to half an hour a week thinking where can I be more efficient in the way my habits behave? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so that I can, you know, save time and be more efficient in things I'm doing. So maybe this week's discussion is as well as your most memorable performance from Kona. As well as your most memorable performance from Kona is looking at yourself as an athlete. Whereas if you were to spend half an hour a week looking at yourself as an athlete. Where are some things that you could change to make yourself more efficient and more effective as an athlete? Yes. You like that? There you go. See what I did there? Double whammy. Double whammy and your Kona. Mm. So if you were to spend half an hour a week outside, where you stop training and actually look at your training and try to improve as an athlete, what would you change that would make you more effective as an athlete in your training? And your most memorable performance in Kona. your your most memorable. I might not put that in the post, but I have that power. I'll pull down the internet. I'll get get on. on I'll give Bill Gates a call and say, "Bill, pull the pull the internet down, buddy." You need Zuckerberg nowadays, mate. You shut it up. We've had enough of this internet for this week. Get it down, Bill. Turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then I'm gonna put some music on. That's this week's discussion. Here we go. Um, music, 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 music. Here, I'm gonna um, let me hear the music. Here we go. Here's the music. Age Grouper of the Week. Okay, John, well, we've got a great age group this week, and it's been sent through from good old Ian. Ian. No, Simon. Is that it? Ronnie? I don't know. It's Ian. What's that, Ian? Yeah. Okay, well, first of all, what he wants to do is he wants to nominate a friend of his called David Bartlett. And uh, he did his first Ironman last weekend in Reason- Regensburg. It wasn't actually quite last weekend, but it was in Regensburg. Whenever that was, that was in probably September, I think. Okay, it wasn't too. It's not too bad far off, it's, Sean. You yeah. have done ones that have been two years old, yes. so it's, it's a step up. Uh, he finished in a nine fifty twenty. Not bad for a first timer. He was twenty first in his age group and one hundred forty ninth overall, which is a good solid day in the office for anyone. What was so great about the, that? What What was so great about it was that David, on his first ever Ironman, led. The entire field, including elites, out of the water in a time swim time of 46.21. And Ironman Live snapped him up, milking it up for all he could. Now, there's a great photo, and I'll put it on the website this week, of him lapping it up. Doing the year, baby. Yeah, man. That would be a buzz, wouldn't it? To come out of the water, be leading the race, and uh, to be the champion that he is. So he was lapping it up. And in the time of, yep, and so, okay, so he got overtaken by 148 swimming people after this picture was taken. But how many age groupers, especially first timers, can say they took the whole pro field, including Andreas Raylert, in an Ironman swim? He gets my vote. His total times were 49, uh, 30, 46, 41 in the swim. And then he did a 5.13.14 on the bike, and then a solid 3.42 run for an overall time of 9.50.20, 147th out of 2,000 people in his first ever Iron Man. 21st in his division. Solid effort. But I'll tell you what. Pretty was, strong field in his division, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was in Germany, you know, yeah, so you've got, yeah. got to expect that. But um, if, you, if you're a fantastic swimmer, one thing you've really got to work on is fast transitions, because then... You know, you can you can have a great swim, but if he pulls up the transition, you don't get the real glory of being first out on the bike. Oh, I think I think want. I think David thought, you know what, I'm just going to take the glory when I yes, can. Yes. You know what I mean? 
Imagine getting out of the water. Like, oh, I could never dream of it, to be honest, because I was mm. never that good a swimmer. But getting out of the water, an Ironman race, first in the swim. I tell you, it'd be better I'd be first on the bike. I mean, if you obviously, first out of the swim is great. But if you get on the bike, I can tell you, when you get on the bike, and if you've got the lead vehicle <laughs> with the, uh, the clock in front of you, you're pulling down the street. How long would you get? Maybe two minutes? Yeah, you get a few minutes. I mean, Raylert was a minute behind him. You'd so you'd TT get, like a madman, wouldn't you? Oh, and if, especially if you had a hill early on in the ride, going up that hill, you would be blowing the rest of your race to so you, pieces. You, you, you have the experience of leading an Ironman race, don't you? Uh, in South Africa, didn't you? No, I don't think I led it. I was, I, was, I was sitting on the front of the pack. I can't remember if I was leading or not. I don't think I was. You've told this story many times over well, the no, years. Well, no, I remember how leading. And you said you led it. I remember having Lothar leader and, um, and a couple of other big kahunas right behind me. I was certainly right up there. I don't think I was leading, though. I don't think I said that. I, I've lived under the illusion, John. It's an <laughs> illusion. I've led other races. No problem. And I've had lead vehicles with the timing clock and stuff in front of you, and that is a, a pretty cool feeling. So one thing, one thing with that the old timers, you know, the old timers, old Mark and Dave and the old boys, they would say, well, you know, we were riding old bikes and blah blah blah. But some of the photos of the old timers show that the the, the lead vehicle with the boot lifted up yeah. <laughs> was pretty much about a meter in front of the cyclist. Quite close. <laughs> yes. So just uh, sometimes it's an advantage having a lead vehicle in front of you, isn't there? That, that is. Did you notice when you were leading races? The boot was down and it was a flipping it was <laughs> a about two, two centimetres off the ground. It was, uh, there was no aerodynamic advantage here. Okay. So David Bartlett, you nice are, work. You are our Age group of the, the week. week. Love your work. Okay, John, extreme endurance. Tell me about it. Uh, what was I going to talk about? You're going to talk about advantages, John. What's the advantage? Where am I scrolling? I'm going to spend $37 oh, a month. So there we go. That was, uh, that was two points I wanted to make there. Is, uh, these, are, these are bullet points. We like bullet points. Reduces lactic acid. Improves um, aerobic threshold. Speeds up recovery. And reduces muscle soreness. So those are your four key. Those are your take-home messages, Bevan. <laughs> your take-home take messages. If you get four points out of the show today, guys, these are your take-homes. Yes. <laughs> Let's get all the salesy on you. John, I've been getting back into the weights because I've decided I want to put some weight. I don't want to be skinny anymore, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to put on a little bit of weight over the next period of time. And I'm trying to slowly put some weight on and do some weights again in the weights room. Not worry so much about doing endurance sport, a little bit of running just for cardio in my classes at the gym. Get you know keep massive again like I used to be. Mm-hmm. People used to call me sports again. I got sick of it, but hey, when you got it, you got it. But. You know, and like I said, I've been getting back in the weights room, and and I do get muscle soreness in the weights room. Do you think mm. it's going to help with the weights? Pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it would. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I would give it a crack. Um, but price wise, thirty seven ninety five. So it's about ten bucks a week, isn't it? Yeah, it's worth an experiment. Like the thing is, um, I've never been too much into supplements and stuff. No, um, this is and before the Auckland threes before the Auckland Marathon, that was the first time that I've really given supplements a consistent go and I'm noticing now that I'm sort of on and off it all the time I keep forgetting or I, didn't, I have to leave the bottle right by the, uh, the sink to make sure I take it twice a day you know what you need John you need, you need an iPhone because mm-hmm. you, your iPhone's got this awesome app mm-hmm. it's got a reminder and you tell, it tells you it gives you an alarm when you're in the location that you need the reminder. Right. So let's say you're going to the supermarket and you need milk. Yes. You put, okay, milk at pick and save. And then when you go pick and save, it goes, boop, 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 you need milk. That's right. So you tell you, John, you should have bought an iPhone. Stop using your brain, though. Um, but for, for an experiment, if you've got a, a race coming up or a running race or something, maybe not your AAA race for the season, um, thirty-seven ninety-five. it's worth a gamble. And if you use the code, I am talking but, but 20% the thing is, I don't think it's a gamble, John. Well, no, it's, it's, it's worth just trialling it out to see, you know, 
if uh, what we're saying is a load of cobwash or whether it actually works for you. Um, well, John, it's actually really cheaper than that because you get the IM Talk discount. No, 20% off. 20% off. So what's that? It's about six, seven, seven dollars off. Yeah. Seven, seven thirty. So about 30 bucks. It's about 30 bucks. Mm. Sweet as, bro. There you go. Extreme Endurance. Endurance. Ex-Endurance. Remember the new website? So check yes. it out. Check like them on it. Facebook. Yes. And you'll get those four key take-home points. What were they, John? Number one, reduces lactic acid. Number two, improves aerobic threshold. Three, speeds recovery. And four, reduces muscle soreness. Did you watch the leaders' debate on TV last night, John? No, I didn't. Uh-uh. Who are you going to vote for? National. You are? You're voting national? Yeah. Largely because Phil Goff's a plonker. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Phil. And it's nothing personal. They say, they say, never talk religion, politics, or sex, John. Yeah, no, you, you, just... you brought it up. Who are you voting? Uh, I normally go Greens. Yeah, 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 yeah. I always think it's good to put a smaller party out there, mm-hmm. and and a smaller party Keep because I, yeah, line. because we've got this MMP system, but it's only two parties that ever one. So I think you need the smaller parties just to put make them pull their socks up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and I'm yeah. I'm not much of a greenie, no. but I kind of think I do believe in kind of. You got to get onto your bloody recycling your 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 food scraps. We've got a waste disposal, John. Yeah, get it, get it, get it. That's, that's clogging up our drains. But no, because the waste disposal breaks it down. Yeah, no. You're not going to win this argument. Clogs up the drains. What happened to our drains in, uh, in Kona? They got, <laughs> that was you. They got double, both drains got clogged up because those things did not break down. I feel sorry for the owners of their department. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've got an interview coming up with a guy called Brian Rody. What a great name for a guy. Oh, it's Roddy, I think. Oh, is it? Bugger, I wish it was Rody. Yeah. Rody would be better. Let's just call him Rody. Brian Rody Rodder. Rightio. And uh, he's he's the owner of Roprima. I was loving that we've got the owner on the show. Baby, baby. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, baby. Do you want to always say things that are a little bit concerning as we? Oh, what did you say before we started the interview? You say things that are a little bit kind of sexual in your orientation. Oh, we're going to double team you. We're going to double team you. It's <laughs> like superstars wrestling. It's like tag, tag in, tag <laughs> out. We're going to double team you. <laughs> One time he said, yeah. we're going to sandwich it. We need more between you. Oh, oh yeah. mate. You just take it to the filthy level. Oh, well, yeah. Jeez, it's really, what I was trying to achieve here is... is uh, is obviously, you know, we want you guys to go out and support Rolf. They support the show. Um, but also just to try to figure out, the you know, all the myths around um, wheel selection. And some interesting things come out of this. Okay, here's uh, Rody. Rody. Mm. Rody, Rody, Brian. Mm. Right, remember, remember wrestling? Who was the wrestling dude? Which one are you talking about? I'm pretty well up to speed on this. Okay, okay. Rowdy. Yeah, there's, I was just going to give you a clue. Rowdy. Not quite sure I know Rowdy. Oh, I thought you said you know you wrestling. Yeah. Rowdy Roddy Piper. A different era to what I was brought up in. No, were you around Hulk Hogan in that time? Yeah, Hulk Hogan. John. Hulk Hogan's still going, probably. <laughs> he probably is. John, you just went down. I thought you were like a 9 Hacks out of 10 wrestler. Jim Duggan, yeah. Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah. Rowdy, 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 Rowdy Piper. Yeah, he was the guy who was the Scottish guy, and he had a hot rod on his T-shirt. I'm, it was... Uh, you. You're a year younger than me. I must have just missed that. You must have just missed it. Okay, well, here's, here's, here's Rody Rodder, Brian. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Here we go. So today we're going to talk race wheels. We've got the man behind uh, Rolf Prima, Brian Roddy, on the line. Welcome along, Brian. Oh, good to be here. Hey, Brian, you're, you know, you're, you're an engineer by, by trade from, from what I've read, and, uh, and you started the company quite some time ago, and... When you first started it, it sounded like you were taking a, um, a slightly different direction with um, spoke construction. Um, so some of us are not um, you know, wheel anoraks, and uh, we don't perhaps know the history of what was going on back when you did sure. start things. So maybe explain to us um, why you went down a slightly different path with, with spoke construction and whether that was quite different to what other people were doing. 
Well, you know, actually, and, and before I get too much credit here, actually, the, the way this all started was with a guy named Rolf Dietrich, uh, and he is the one who patented the paired spokes. Um, I worked with him at Trek, actually, back in the late 90s when he licensed the design to Trek. So uh, in the late 90s, Trek was making wheels called Rolf wheels, like the Vector Pro, Vector Comp, Cetriere, and, and wheels like that. Uh, in 2001, their agreement ended, and myself and a couple other guys and Rolf started up Rolf Prima in Eugene, Oregon, in 2002. Uh, and doing it all hand-built, uh, still doing the paired spokes, uh, but all hand-built uh, out here in, in Eugene. It was a bit smaller company. Of course, when we were with Trek, it was quite massive, so it was actually nice uh, being able to focus on quality rather than quantity. And uh, but, uh, yeah, Ralph, Ralph retired in 2009, and uh, I ended up taking over the company from him, and uh, we've been rocking and rolling since then. So what's the difference with paired spoke versus, you know, a traditional spoke construction? Sure. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I think I've heard that question before, um, <laughs> <laughs> like, like every time. So and it's actually a fairly easy one to, to answer. It's a little easier when you've got a visual, but... When you're when you're getting down to low spoke counts, like say our ten spoke TT uh, eighty five wheels, uh, you can imagine that same wheel if it was laced standard, so evenly spaced spokes. The, it all comes down to lateral pull from the spokes. As you tighten the spokes, uh, not only do they pull inward towards the hub, they also pull outward towards the flange. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you have the spokes evenly spaced around the rim, as you bring spoke tension up, it starts trying to pull the rim to the right and then to the left and then to the right with each alternating spoke. And as you really bring up the spoke tensions or you bring down the spoke count, the, the rim, essentially, the wheel turns into kind of a snake. It kind of snakes from left to right. You really can't true it up. And then your options at that point are either to uh, add more spokes or bring down your spoke tension or make that rim stiffer uh, so it can resist those lateral spokes, or lateral pulls, sorry. Or you can bring the spokes together at the rim in pairs like we do, and when you do that, those lateral forces offset. So you can tighten those spokes all you want, and the left and right pulls offset each other. So we can run, we can run any spoke tension we want, meaning we can really get a wheel into the sweet spot for each particular spoke, and e- each gauge of spoke and each shape of spoke has a sweet spot. So... Uh, most other companies, because they're doing evenly spaced uh, spokes, you know, they either run more spokes or they run lower spoke tension. And in fact, actually, everyone does both of those. They run more spokes and they run lower spoke tension. And, and so, the benefit of doing that is more, less weight, more control. Well, there's, there's a there's a couple ones. I'm going to be <laughs> straight up about the original uh, design goal uh, was actually to get lower spoke counts. Uh, but get it so that the rim didn't snake left to right. Um, and if you know, going back 15, 20 years, uh, you know, the first truly low spoke count wheels didn't handle great. Uh, a because uh, you know they would they would, would kind of get a little bit of shimmy to them uh, because they're really low spoke tension and really low spoke count. And that's really where this this focus on was being well, how to get the stiffness back up. Um, but still run fewer spokes. And that's really where the pairing of the spokes came from. And, you know, we, there's a, like I said, a sweet spot for each spoke and spoke gauge and spoke shape. And uh, you really want to get in that tension range because if it's too low a tension, the wheel is, is spongy and not very stiff. And too high, it's actually unstable. Um, so it's really, you kind of want to be right in the middle. And uh, the nice thing about 
pairing the spokes is because we don't have to worry about those lateral forces. We can really target the exact spoke tension that we want for that wheel. And then you, you test it laterally and torsionally for stiffness and make sure that you really got what you, what you were designing for. Cool. Um, obviously, on to race wheels, and we, we know everybody should go straight to Rolf Prima website and buy themselves a set of wheels. But um, we want to sort of get <laughs> some. We want to get some um, advice for people actually when they're selecting race wheels because there's so many different rims out there these days, and um, and some people get a bit confused about about what is best for their for, for them personally. So first, my first sort of question is around speed of athlete and um, and whether that should influence people's choice much so you know say you've got your top end age groupers who are who are maybe riding you know under under five hours for an Ironman ride versus your your sort of middle of the pack age grouper who might be riding I don't know say more like six and a half hours and then your back of the pack age grouper should should their choice of wheel vary much um or does it or is it kind of follow on from this when I ask more questions about course etc does speed play sure. much of a, a role Uh, Yes and no. I mean, everyone can benefit from better aerodynamics. Uh, In fact, it kind of works on a percentage basis. So uh, if you you look on our website, we actually publish the amount of time you'd save on the course uh, for each of our wheels, uh, and we base it on different speeds. Albeit we use American speed, so it's a mile per hour, but uh, we also have kilometers on there. (laughs) Uh, But actually, the slower you're going... So, uh, boy, I speak better in miles per hour. Miles is fine. Miles is fine. (laughs) If uh, if you're going 18 miles an hour versus going 25 miles an hour, you actually save more time. uh, That's because it's a percent of the time that you're on the course. Yes. uh, But, you know, really, you know, and I'm a a low five-hour, so I'm kind of your middle-of-the-pack-ish age grouper, uh, and I ride, you know, a a disc wheel in the rear and then a 58 SL front. and you can feel a huge difference. You know, that's at you know 20 miles an hour. Uh, if you're going 15 or 16, you still feel it. Um, you know, you really start getting the, the major benefits once you get in the 17, 18 mile an hour uh, mm-hmm. range. But everyone uh, benefits from better aerodynamics. Does, does it matter depending on the course? You know, like do you want to have different wheels? Let's say you're going to Kona, you know, which is. Uh, you know, a pretty flat kind of course, or in comparison to like a really, really hilly course, do you want to ride different race wheels for different courses like yep. you do? And why? You know, if, if, if it's disc legal, so unlike Kona, so Kona's not disc legal, but if it's a hilly course or a flat course or a rolling course, but you're allowed to use a disc, uh, a disc for most riders in most conditions on just about any course is going to be faster. Um, and it's somewhat counterintuitive but a disc actually helps stabilize the front end of the bike just because of the way the air flows over it. So you can actually run a deeper front wheel with a disc than you can without. Um, so I ride, I ride a 58SL front disc for everything. Uh, I did a couple of very hilly ones. I did Ironman Canada this year, and I did uh, Pat Crest, which is a hilly uh, half Ironman out here. Uh, both pretty hilly. And our disc is light enough that there's, really, there's no weight penalty. So you're getting aerodynamic benefit without weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if the disc was a lot heavier, you might think about it. But uh, a lot of our pros ride disc for you know 100% of the races, except for Kona. Now, if it's extremely windy, you know, you might consider not doing that if you're going to get a lot of direct crosswind, um, say in Kona. Uh, in which case, they'll ride like a TDF 58SL, so a mid mid height uh, rim and not a super deep. 
that, that hit your question? Yeah. yeah. What, what about, I mean, what, what are some of the myths about discs? Um, you know, some people think, um, I mean, in terms of performance with climbing, descending, things like that these days, where does it sort of fall versus a, versus a you know, a spoked sort of deep rim wheel? Okay, so I mean, one of the things to think about is what the air is doing as it gets, uh, you know, as it's hitting the rear wheel. So on a spoked wheel, you know, the air hits the rim, and as it flows, it can cross through the spokes. And on a disc, of course, it can't cross through the spokes. And actually, the way it flows, it, it tends to act like a rudder, um, and, and like I said, stabilize the the front of the bike, which I know is counterintuitive. And, and to tell you the truth, my wife did not believe me. <laughs> and, she didn't. She didn't want to use a disc for Ironman Canada uh, until I made her go out and do a couple of test rides with it, and, and she was a believer. Is it? It really on a windy day, it, it still stabilizes the front of the bike better than if you decide to run like a deep rear and then a, you know, a mid mid height uh, front. The the times I'd say it's more of a liability is if you're getting direct crosswind, which is one of the reasons it's uh, an issue in Kona, is you're getting wind coming straight off the the water. Yeah. Um, it can be a bit more of an issue. But I, you know, tell you the truth, I'm a small guy. Um, mm. You know, probably I'd have to convert it to kilograms, but about 140 pounds, mm. uh, 60 something kilograms. And uh, you know, I don't I don't get blown around when I use a disc, and I tend to get a little bit more wind, uh, you know, pushing around if I use like a deep 85 or something like that. Very interesting. So, uh, so bike bike handling. What you're saying is, is is I guess that's another issue people sometimes have with discs, or they perceive that to be an issue. But it's um, you're saying it's not. You know, it's even more stable than um, than potentially deep rims. Yeah, and, and it, it, I know it's counterintuitive, but once you look at how the air flows, it, it makes a bit more sense. Um, I would I would say, uh, you know, using a, a you know, if it's it's a really windy, you know, you might use a lower profile front because you do still get a little bit of uh, you know pushing from the wind. But uh, yeah, you know, I find that I, I like riding a, a disc rear, and it's faster. I mean, hands down, as the wind picks up, it gets even faster. So I mean, the disc, if you can run it, it's it's definitely a faster wheel. Right. Everybody go out there and buy disc wheels. Get some discs. It's the way to go. What about the impact of difference to uh, spoke <laughs> and, setups? And I'm telling you, there's oh, no weight penalty, really. So. I, I was going to ask you a bit about, um, I know these aren't Rolf Prima wheels, but what whatever happened to um, to spinnages and uh, and tri-spokes and things like that? We don't really seem to see them so much these days. Is that just a, a failing of those um, companies or is it just obsolete technology? Uh, yeah, and I, and I can't really speak too much to the companies, but I know from what we've done in the wind tunnel and just having ridden tri-spokes is that the way the air flows over them, while they are fast, uh, not, not so much the spinnergies, but the tri-spokes, mm-hmm. you know, they are, they are a fairly fast wheel, but they definitely catch side wind. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a big, broad spoke, and the air does not flow over them very evenly. Um, I don't know if you've ridden them yourselves. I, I, I find them to be uh, a lot harder to control, right. uh, personally. So I think I think you're going to see those fade away uh, as the emphasis gets more to you know good airflow over your front wheel. You know, so you get you know, it handles well in the uh, crosswind as well as is fast in the you know as your in your headwind tailwind uh, situations. 
Um, I guess um, when people are, are going out there to buy their their race wheels, they've got to sort of choose whether they want to have a tubular um, sure. set, set up or a clincher set up. I know you're not a, a tyre company, um, but but what is the difference these days in terms of um, you know, tubulars versus clinchers? Or what, what what do you guys call them in the states? Do you call them clinchers or do you call them uh, what, do, what do you call them? Oh, we call them, we call them clinchers and tubulars. Okay, cool. The, the palms um, call them I've I've learned uh, to call them tubs too yes. from our uh, yeah. our New Zealand uh, distributor DCM. So yeah, yeah, uh, I, I, I speak it. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's hard to argue uh, about the, the clinchers. I mean, clinchers are more convenient, uh, I find. But I, I race tubular pretty much exclusively, and I think if you look at the top end of of you know not just triathlete pros, but you know Tour de France, they're still riding tubular. Um, handles really well the wheels are lighter than clinchers i don't i don't think there's any company out there whose clincher of the same depth is lighter than their tubular mm-hmm. uh so you know at, at the same time and i know tubulars seem a little off-putting to people who are new new to them but it's actually pretty straightforward um you know once you've done it, it it's not as uh not as you know mysterious as it, as it seems like it would be you know when you first see tubulars but uh you know, I, I personally find that tubulars ride a bit a bit nicer, and from a race standpoint, it's what I prefer to ride. Uh, we did start doing all-carbon clinchers uh, this year. For the first year, our Aris line uh, is all-carbon clinchers for those who really want a high-end wheel but uh, but but really want to do clincher. But performance-wise, um, I mean, obviously you've got a, a slight weight, weight issue you said there, but um, otherwise, is there much in terms of performance? Well... Well, yeah, you know, and, and as we have gone to wider rims, like our Vigor Alpha is a wider rim and our Aris wheels are a wider rim, uh, for clinchers, they support the tire well, so you get a little bit more tubular-like ride feel. It's not quite tubular ride feel. Mm-hmm. I, there's just a, there's a, a better handling quality in a tubular, uh, you know, a nice latex tube tubular than there is in a clincher. But, you know, honestly, we're starting to split hairs. Uh, you know, once you get to that 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 uh, high end, both a clincher and a tubular wheel is going to feel great because what you're going to feel is they both feel fast. Uh, you know, it's not like one is much more jarring than the other or doesn't handle well. Uh, just the two is a little bit better, you know, in terms of handling. Um, right. So as we said, in a, in a perfect world, we'd all have uh, uh, beautiful disc wheels on the back and we have a nice deep rim um, on the front and would be humming on the, the latest TT bike and uh, we'd have the best of everything. But it's, it's not always a perfect world. So for, for those guys that um, are in a position where they can't necessarily afford to go out there and, and get the best of the best, um, is there some sort of alternative that where they can get a, a good training wheel that's going to give them some good aerodynamics um, for racing, obviously it won't be the best they can get, but and it's also going to be sort of durable and last them. Um, re- uh, yeah, so a good all rounder. What, what have what have we got there? Yeah, you know, and actually the, the person you're describing, I think, is is most triathlete, which yeah. uh, is really where we started. I mean, we do carbon wheels, but we we really are known for our Vigors, which is an alloy deep section uh, clincher wheel. You know, it's half the price of carbon, actually less than half the price of carbon. Uh, but you're getting aerodynamics that are pretty similar to the, you know, say like the 38 millimeter carbons. So, yeah. uh, you know, we actually get people all the time who start off the conversation asking about carbon, and then the more you talk to them, you say, you know, the best all-around wheel for you that you can train on uh, and race on is the Vigor or our new Vigor Alpha, which is a, 
you know, kind of even more aerodynamic and uh, than our, our current Vigor. And it, it pretty much our, our Vigor is our most popular I mean, for that reason. You can train on it, and it's, it's fast, so you can race on it. I actually raced on the Vigor for years nice. uh, before deciding I should, I should make the step up to, uh, to carbon. So, nice. um, yeah, I mean, in terms of an all-around wheel, it's hard to recommend uh, anything. I'd say on the market, I don't think there's a better wheel out there than the Vigor. Nice. In a Vigor Alpha. Okay. Um, any, any other sort of things, any other tips you've got um, or any other things you want to announce, anything going on with Rolf Prima um, at the moment? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't have a, you know, an announcement, so to speak, uh, other than, you know, I know a lot of people haven't heard of us because we're, we're definitely a smaller company. We're not uh, big like some of the other guys. Uh, yeah. I think the thing we bring to it is we hand-build every wheel here in Eugene, Oregon. Uh, it's all done by people who race and ride and commute. So, I mean, it's people who are into it. And, uh, you know, we, we design and test everything that we do, so it's, it's not like we're picking out of a catalog and just building wheels. So, nice. Uh, you know, maybe not the most popular name around, but I think uh, we're picking up. And I know in New Zealand we've got some great athletes like Graham O'Grady and Gina Crawford and Guy Crawford. And uh, I think Guy we're Crawford, out. crikey, can't can't use him in your market. Yeah, Jeez. He's, he's trouble yeah. with that boy. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you what, great. this weekend um, I'm going to be racing on the, the Rolfs for the first time. Are you so, racing this weekend? So look out, you can have a worldwide announcement this weekend when, yeah. I, uh, when I do do the business. It's all going to happen awesome. this Sunday. Awesome, we'll make it happen. <laughs> so, so people want to check out your wheels, what's your website? Uh, Rolfprima.com. Great. And, uh, and we work with uh, Daniel McDonald down, down there yes. in New Zealand, uh, DCM Sports. And what about uh, Europe-wide? Um, you're pretty much selling worldwide? We sell worldwide. Uh, you, know, if you, you can you know, either call us or you can look on our website to find out the distributor in your area. Uh, if it's a country where we don't have a distributor, we're certainly happy to work with you. Cool. But, you know, great in the U.K., Benelux. So, you know, like I said, we're a small company, so we still have areas to expand. But uh, we're easy to work with and great customer service. That's what we like. Good to awesome. awesome. Thank you very much for your time, Brian. We've all been uh, taking an educational level about wheels up a notch this week. So thanks again. Yeah, thanks for having me. John, we need to keep talking because we, we can't use power when we're recording the show because it makes too much feedback. And the laptop, let me figure out how much time we have left. 12, 27 minutes, we've got heaps of time. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to be experiencing the, uh, the Rolf Prima experience this weekend. And hopefully Daniel's got a disc for me. Oh, really? I, I might be just on the, uh, the deep rims, but hopefully he's got a disc for me to use, hopefully. Yeah, is it like a hint to Daniel? Yes. I'll tell you what, if you're in New Zealand, dcmsport.com. That's where you can get your Rolf Prima wheels. And worldwide, you go to rolfprima.com. Yep. We'll put a link to both of those on the website this week. But DCM Sport also do lots of good other stuff as well. So do if you just want any triathlon stuff. Well, they do all the O2 creation stuff, a lot of... Um uh, what's the right word? You know, th- things like the yeah, high your five laces, nutrition, high five nutrition. So go DCM Sport. Yeah, uh, and, and and they're really good at in, in like in a local region in Christchurch. Mm-hmm. You know, really good at supporting races and, and out Newton there, so. Shoes as well. This are the big one. So check them out if you're in New Zealand, um, and if you're in Australia, have a look as well. <laughs> okay, coffee Sponsor. of Hawaii. Okay, John, you've, we've got two things here. One thing. Special of the month number one. If you click on our logo on our website taxi through coffees of hawaii and yep. special of the month number one overseas customers spend more than 50 dollars and shipping is free into the free code shipping. into the code i am talk free well john i was out. thinking yesterday because i was making some a coffee for joe mm-hmm. and i was thinking i was thinking we need to start doing the plug for christmas time mm. and because you know what it's 
November today. Yeah. So we've got what six weeks, seven weeks to Christmas. Yeah. You want to be prepared. Don't want to wake up, you know, Christmas Eve and go. I need to do my shopping. And let's be honest, mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of you out there do it. I'm a bit mm-hmm. of it myself. Yes. But if you think now I can go into the coffees of Hawaii, I can use the I am talk free code, get free shipping, get my presents for the people who are hard to buy for. Yeah. You know they're going to like it. It's a quality product. It's a win-win, John. A t-shirt and a, and a couple of bags of coffee. Maybe a sw- no bit. head sweat. Yes. Because I'm I'm wearing head sweats when I'm teaching right check now. Got about, check it. the availability is there. Um, because the thing sweats. about the coffees of Hawaii head sweats, they've got this kind of cool green colour. Mm-hmm. Porno's got one, and it's bloody nice. There you go. Um, they've also got some swimsuits left over from Kona. So if you want to get yep. some swimsuits, they've just got like a handful left. They've got bikini. They've got one small, um, extra small three, and that's in the bikinis. And then thin strap one piece. They've got two 28s, one 430s. They've got one Speedo at 28. Ooh, it's a small man. It's a small, it's a small man. <laughs> and then uh, four at the 30s, and then three at 34. I'm about 33. I'm always in that mid, but yeah. 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 So. so there you go. If you want to get some swimwear, just get on there um, and get Do it, it sorted. Get it. It's cool stuff, too, because when we were in, when we were in the boat, we were somewhere and someone was wearing it. Mimi was wearing it. Mimi, good old Mimi. She's mm-hmm. a lovely lady. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to check out Mimi's stuff, she's on Jaren's Corner, isn't she? I think so. She does the psychology stuff. She's mm-hmm. like a brainiac. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to her, trying to hold my own, and I was just getting wiped off the floor. Yes. Yeah. So, if you want to get coffees of white, get your Christmas presents, get your swim togs. Mimi's uh, like one of those people yeah. who's like successful at everything. Because mm-hmm. like, she's going, oh, you know, oh, you know, I just do this for fun. I don't really want to commit too much to this sport. And I go, oh, yeah, and she goes, you know, and I, I get a top 10 in Kona, so I can't complain. I'm like, <laughs> She's <laughs> hopefully coming along with camp. Oh, is she going to? Mm, hopefully. Oh, nice. You have to do an interview over there. Yes. You have to go show it every day, mate. Easy peasy. Get Melina squeezy. Um, so, coffeesofhawaii.com. Check, check, check it out. Okay, John, questions and answers. Got a couple here, John. What's happening? Torsten has uh, put a new post up on his tryrating.com. Tryrating.com. And what he looked at was how athletes, the pro athletes, performed relative to when they did their. Last Ironman, um, and what he found. So, so you basically he's looked at it and he's gone, okay, well, if this guy did an eight and a half, in theory, he should be going about eight thirty-five in Kona, just mm-hmm. for example. The predicted times. And so, yeah, so the predicted times. Did they really perform to their ability based on their last performance in Kona? Mm. And what he found was the guys that raced within three months of Kona um, performed worse than their predicted time. The guys that race between uh, You're loving this, aren't you, John? eight and three months there before Kona, they performed better than their You're loving this, aren't you, John? Do you know why? That's good. Why? Because you brought this at the point up yourself. You, this was an intuition you had. Did I? Yeah, because you, yeah. you said, you, that was what you were saying about the idea of doing an extra race when we were doing mm. the wrap-up, and you were mm. saying, well, I think the thing is we've learned the guys who go hard closer to yes, the race. that's true. So, John, there the facts are picking you up here. So they are. Tell you what, specialise on Kona if you want to do well. I think really what this is. So don't race three months before the race, basically. So when's Germany? July, August, September, October. So So. it's kind of if we look at if we look at Ferris when we were talking to him post race, he was saying, you know, Germany. I just it took my heart out of me. You look at him. You look at. uh, Timo Bracht, who's, I think, won there before. I think he won the year before and didn't go so so well in Kona. We didn't win Kona. That's what it's all about for those guys. Cameron Brown's won there before. Hasn't gone on. So, you know, I think the guys that are, you know, and, and one of the points that he gives feedback to WTC is whilst doing this, this the big four or big having your majors, um, timing-wise, timing, yeah. timing is important. Because New York's August, isn't it, or July? Something like I think he said that. Um, and so whilst New York's going to be amazing... We, we, um, if you're trying to win Kona, you're not going to turn up to New York, are you? Based not. on this 
theory. No. So I think the only one that really will potentially take off or pot- Melbourne. potentially take off is Melbourne. Um, Let's have one. So we've got New York, Melbourne, and Frankfurt. Germany, and Kona. Is that how it works? That's a big four. Okay. So good, the- good, good idea in principle, um, but in practical terms for the guys, if it's all going to stay about Kona, then this is going to be a bit of an issue, and because the guys that are often dominating in season don't necessarily don't necessarily win in Kona. Mm. Well, John, we've got another email through, and I don't know who said this through. Oh, Matt, the friendly ninja, the friendly try ninja. Yes, great inaugural use of his nickname too. It's the first time it's been used. Yes, good. Love your work, friendly try ninja. He said there are a great piece from um, DC Rainmaker, who's who's got a great blog. Actually, he puts a lot. Of, DC Rainmaker is one of those rainmakers. Puts a lot of thought into you know his, his arguments when he does it. And this, did you read the post? Uh, I. I think I did. Yes, I know I did. Um, so he's talking about the the fifty fifty one series. Fifty one fifty. The other way around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's saying basically they've cancelled three races this year, I think. Yeah, and, and the, whilst this is an Ironman, last week we were talking about the challenge cancelling South Africa, which was a, which was not good. No. Um, and now WTC are cancelling their, their, well, their the, championship. So ranks. so the, the the argument that challenge put forth was that it sounds like. Local Gabbadi government weren't coming to the party or an organisation. Now, who knows if that's the truth? It may be the easy out. Mm. But DC Rainmaker, I should get like, my website's down, so it sounds like I can't actually get his name, but we'll just call him DC Rainmaker right now. He was saying that um, early on in the year they cancelled a couple of races and they kind of didn't really say why. And the speculation at the time was that they aren't just selling that well. So when the 5150 series came out, they basically bought a lot of traditional races that were already successful, high V and mm-hmm. races like that. So those races were already going to do well. As a part of building the series, they're obviously trying to bring on some new races as well. But these races haven't been selling well. But as, through his research, he's saying that in the one that got cancelled, now I can't remember which one it was because, again, I can't pull up the website. But he, it, they, had a, they, they, they claimed that they pulled the race off because the numbers weren't big enough. But he's saying that they had around 700 people signed up. Mm. And... Is that a good thing for their brand to be pulling off races where, you know what, sometimes, like if you look at Challenge Wallonka, you know, it's turning into a great race. <clears throat> but, you know, first couple of years would have been lost leader. Mm. You know, and it's sure if they had 20 people sign up, you pull a race off. But if you've got 700 signed up. It's obviously, it's, 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 I guess it's a lot easier to cancel an Olympic distance race because people are often racing so many more of them. Whereas an Ironman, you know, that is your big kahuna for the season. Um, and but I think the main, the other big thing about this is this is their championship race or was to be their championship oh, race the fifty one fifty championship um, they put off their championship race and end of season championship race and it was also really I think it was a sweetener when they it was going to be held in Florida and sort of to take the place of the seventy seven point three champs so it is a bit of a, a bit of a hit it's it's, um, it's it's not good and. Th- you know, sometimes you've got, where, where you've got, you've got to take it? your losses with your, with your wins. Well, yeah, because where, do you, where does the responsibility to the athlete come along? Okay, like, as, as DCM Rainmaker was saying, you know, sure, okay, 25 people sign up, you know mm. what, you pull the race off. 700, you're making a loss and it sucks. Mm. But the athletes have, you know, if this were close to a race. Fork Most down. people have, you know, sorted out accommodation. They've probably had to pay for their travel. Mm. You know, like, who should take the hit? And it, it seems like a bit of a bad call from WTC on it this does. one. But hopefully with our, if we get a better relationship with them, we'll be able to ask those questions and get the, uh, you know, some, some good answers from them. That's mm. what we're sort of working towards. Yeah, because it feels like they dropped the ball a little bit on this one, John. Does. Sharpen up WTC. Okay, uh, John Clark sent through, just finished his first Ironman Challenge Henley in a time of 
fourteen fifty four. Good shit, you got under fifteen hours. Language Bevan. Oh, sorry. Good poos, you got under fifteen <laughs> hours. Uh, you have, and he's been knackered a week. That's been. What's the best recovery plan? This is a bit late, John. But yeah, well, I know. We're in Kona, Bevan. Give us a okay. break. Okay. <laughs> well, he's uh, he's uh, he's, so he's just asking. You've done a race, you're buggered, and what's the best kind of recovery strategy you can think of? And John, I've got to say, uh, good name, but secondly, you're, you're lucky that I'm even uh, taking the time to answer this question, because he says... <laughs> you're lucky, mate, you're lucky. Yes, let's hope John mans up next time when he gets another snip, wimpy Kiwi. I'm yeah, like, well, come on. I don't think you won't be, mate, because you're getting it done twice. Exactly. It's, it's a, hardcore. I'm getting it done on the 23rd of December. It's going to be oh, yeah, good, what a Christmas present. Yeah, great. Why did you get it done then? Because it's, a down, it's downtime. I'm not going to be losing much time. Like, you, you lose a couple of days, just you can't do much. So. But you know what's happening Christmas Day? Kids get excited. They're jumping up and down on you. Yeah, you've got a couple of days to sort it out. We're fine. Um, but Apparently, uh, second time is actually... 20 oh, times worse No I read this piece On the internet well, it's Apparently It's like a thousand times worse Very few people That have experienced it I'm, I am that 1% uh, I think the first thing John You've got to give yourself A pat on the back Because um, if you're Absolutely knackered all week It means that you've you yep. Put it all out there you've Which is it. brilliant um, If you wake up the next day And you're feeling fresh as days And you think you can go out there and Is there truth to that Because you know what My first race I was, I was you know, I was in a wheelchair The next day You know, I was pretty hopeless For the next week And the more I went As an athlete I was pushed harder During the race But the fatigue factor Wasn't so hard post race I think there's two things you look at there is, is the fatigue factor but also there's the fueling factor if yeah. you, I think if you fuel yourself well during the day you're going to bounce back a lot quicker and that, that means on the run as and well and you're more conditioned as you're experienced and if you fuel yourself really well after, straight after the race then you're going to bounce back quite quickly as well so as, and there's also then there's the training adaptation but I think if you're feeling knackered it's generally a good indication that you put, you put it all out there um, so I think the main thing John messages for you is uh I'm assuming Challenge Henley was your pinnacle goal for the season and uh, you didn't have too much sort of planned after that. So uh, my general advice is you want to shut things down a bit. And there's two sides of fatigue here you've got to think about. You've got your physical fatigue and your mental fatigue. Um, the physical side of things, you can, you can actually get over fairly quickly. Uh, you know, you've got to have uh, a nice, easy week of training. You know, often people don't do anything in the week after the race um, whilst that gets you mentally back in the game a bit quicker um, actually doing some light training in the week after is going to help um, just sort of flush the system a little bit more but if you're not racing again until well, when we're thinking light training are we thinking staying away from impact so yeah. like a cycling swimming S- swimming, swimming cycling yeah. very very little running maybe a little bit of running later in the week um, so physically uh, a bit of light training is going to help um, but mentally what you're probably going to need is a, is a bit of a break so my general advice to people um, after an Ironman uh, and this is probably more so if you're not backing up and carrying on your season you've got to take a different strategy if you're carrying on uh, 7 to 10 days of um, more or less nothing or just like commuting and maybe just a few easy swims but no really constructive training um, and then the period after that you can take anywhere between 1 and 4 weeks of unstructured training and that how long that period is is largely determined by how much you've all, you've put out there, how mentally stuffed you are, how annoyed your family is with you, um, just adding up all the different factors. And if you need to have a good break, that is a time. Oh, footsie's bevin. Sorry, I know, man. I'm getting a bit excited <laughs> over here. <laughs> That's when you really need to have a good break and uh, look but, uh, look after your nutrition during that period. Do some unstructured stuff. Commute to work. Maybe go out mountain biking with mates. Go hiking. Do some buggy runs if you've got kids things like that but keeping it fairly unstructured but you don't really want to be having more than two weeks complete rest uh, then you want to be getting back and just doing some general conditioning work we've talked before about backing up races if you're backing up races then it's a completely different story 
um, then you need to get back into things uh, a little bit quicker. Um, the mental side of things, how long that takes you to recover, that varies hugely from person to person. You know, for me personally, it takes me, yeah, even contemplating going out there and doing a hard session, quite a period of time. I wouldn't even think about it probably for a, a good sort of six six weeks or so. Um, I just wouldn't mentally be up for it. Um, so if it's the end of your season, chill out, bit of off time, but then ease back into it some unstructured training. Other recovery techniques we've talked about in the past, Really important to do all your nutrition right, um, your compression right, ice baths right, getting into a good stretching routine. But I think the big one is uh, nutrition hydration. If you can fuel yourself well during the race, fuel yourself well straight after the race, obviously you're probably going to party up a little bit on one night, but the rest of the time if you can be good with nutrition, that will help a lot. I think one other thing as well is when you are looking at that mental side of you know being away from, you know, you know when we're doing an Ironman, it's one of those things, it's a life commitment. So you compromise so many other things, and John talked about family time and getting back in that, but also the areas that you felt you've neglected that you enjoy in your life, mm. making sure you spend some time doing that. So for me, music, you know, I always talk about how I love playing music, and, and for me, you know, when I've had a big training block, I have to neglect music a little bit because of that. And so, in between times, I actually try to get back on my piano, get around and jam out with my mates and stuff. And it's just those times are really valuable to me because it just, you know, it gets me back in things that are actually good for me outside of just training all the time. And, and it can be a good thing to help with the mentor as well. We're going to save this next question till next week. The explosion? Yep. Okay, we'll save it till next week. Just quickly, um, we got an email through from, I can't remember who it was because I haven't got the link here in front of me, but he's setting up a, a global swim challenge. Actually, I'm going to talk about this next week. Oh, maybe I shouldn't because I think it's for this month. Um, he's got a. He's got. Post a, on Facebook. I think you've got to swim fifty one hundreds. It's the challenge. I will post it on Facebook, and he's got a website he's set up to do it. And my internet's gone down, so I can't pull it up right now. But the website is www.wix.com. Uh, you know, and I'll put it on the Global Swimming Challenge website on our website and on our Facebook page. And it's a great little challenge that he's got trying to get people to do in November. And I think it's based around the idea of doing fifty one hundreds. If you're not on Facebook, get on Facebook and just give us an I, I like on our page. Yeah, so we can so get up over 2,000. Yeah. Yes. yeah. It's poor, really, compared it's to poor. our numbers. It's very poor. Sharpen up, team. Sharpen up. Yes. Anyway, our sponsors are? Coffeesofway.com. Um, free shipping. Athlinks.com. Um, come on, Mountain Smell. 1001. And Extreme Endurance. There's four key points, John. Take-home points. Do you remember those take-homes? Mm, everybody else does. So I don't <laughs> okay, John, what's your goss? Oh, we're getting low on battery, so we've got ways to get how long we've got. Okay, nine minutes. Nine minutes. We're sweet. My gosh. Uh, talking of Christmas shopping. Oh, have you done it? We got Thomas and Felicity a present. Where did you get them? Uh, they're not going to listen. They're not going to listen. <laughs> we got them a, a, a play hut for outside. Do you think when we were old, you know, our kids would ever go back and listen to this? You know, like when we were like 85, our grandchildren would go, and, you know, there's, there's granddad. I'm picking probably not. No. No. Okay. So other than that, like Bevan, a playhouse. Uh, yes, wow. Got to trade me. Nice. Linda did the business there. And the good thing is, kids don't know it's old. No, no. <laughs> paint it up, put it in there, it'll be sweet. It's gonna be. I was like a house. Yeah, like a big, like a wooden thing. Yeah, like good size. Really? So it's going to be. Uh, you may be getting. How the, do you move it? You may be getting. You may. There you go. You walk straight in that one. Chris, Christmas Eve. You might be getting the call up. <laughs> what time? I'll come over and help you. What time? Yeah, it'll be. It'll be Christmas Eve. Like when they're and go to bed. <laughs> Eight o'clock. Come yeah. over, Bevan. I'll go. Over, come yeah. over. Here we go. Um, here we go. I've got some issues, Bevan. Oh, uh, you know. You start, do you want me to I, open I, the arms? I, I, I value my neighbourhood, and and I. 
and it's a, it's, a, it's a respectable neighbourhood. My and, house. And we've got some people that are letting the neighbourhood down. Some people who have got houses in our area don't mow their lawns. I didn't notice that. So, it's so the house, the house control. that I lived in, the old studios. Yes. I might give them a hard time about it. The old studios we, we kept as a rental property. So yes. Joe and I moved into this place together, and we've kept the old studios as a rental property. And we've got three young ladies in there mm. who obviously don't like their gardening because I was riding past the house not so long ago, and I thought, oh, those lawns are getting pretty long. <laughs> Very long. Oh, really? I might. I'll ring them and I'll say the mm. neighbours are complaining. And while you're there, just tell them there's going to be a sign going up on their fence. Oh, that's right. You can put that out there. <laughs> you're great. Yeah. <laughs> I did see some. You put your sign in some random places. Where was yeah. I the other day? It was like in the middle of this, in this hill somewhere. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to do that. And what you also do is people think I, I'm not very good at putting them up. You put them on a little angle so they're not quite kind of straight. So it's then it looks like so it draws people attention to it. There you, go. there you go. There you go. And my only other gossip. I love your strategy. Yeah. Look incompetent so you get attention. Yeah. Racing this weekend. Not so, so wait a second. What distance are you doing? We're doing the uh, sprint race at the Ashburton, uh, what's called the South Island Sports Festival. I'm going to be the voice. I'll be, I'll be yelling you in, mate. Yes. Yeah, you might be waiting a while. So it's uh, nine. Is it a good field? Oh, there'll be a couple of guys that will spank me good and proper. Uh, I think it's a 950-metre swim because you do one lap of the half Ironman course. It's a 30K bike because you do one, they do three laps. So it's not 30. quite Olympic. And, uh, It'll be like a 7K six, six, run. Six okay. run. You just run around the lake. 7K, I think, because it's three times no, seven. Six. You yeah, sure? They, they do a different course. I, I, I oh, do my research. They should have made it seven. doesn't matter. I'm going to be so far back. It's not going to matter. So, Big field? Uh, I think it'll be moderate. Top five? Uh, top five should be uh, achievable, but I'll be well off the, well off the win. Who's going to win it? Uh, probably guy coach Mike Phillips, a young under twenty three guy. He should you, put. He you should, should put tell him it's an easy rest day. Wow, I should I should do a Mac on. I'm, I'm tempted to do a Mac on some of them. Just start to play with their minds. Yeah, hey mate, you, you know you're getting a little bit tired there, mate. Key race, not key race. Yeah, he should probably put four minutes in four minutes. Oh, I'd say a minute on the swim, a couple on the bike, maybe one on the run. No, maybe not a minute on the run, but yeah. There we go. Bevan, what's happening in your world? John, I'm getting old. Yes, we are, we established that. Well, no, because I'm getting old. I'm doing old people behaviour. Mm-hmm. Two things have happened once this week, which makes me feel like I'm getting old. First of all, I fell out of bed. Look at this. Nice. Look at this. Right. I was walking out of bed the other morning, and it was dark. Yeah. It wasn't because I was old, but I was walking out of bed, and I tripped over my bag and yeah. smashed into a cabinet. <laughs> smash. my, my chest, I've got, a, I've got a, like a, a graze on my chest and bruising, hit the edge and I face planted. Nice. And I thought I'd broken my nose and I must have knocked myself up because next thing I know, Joe's on top of me and she's going, baby, you're right, you're right. And it was one of those moments where you're in so much pain but you can only think you're an idiot. Yeah. So that, that wasn't very good. And then... And the other day I was trying to look cool to young kids Yeah And I'm just no longer cool to young kids John Yeah Because I was trying to look cool And I was mentioning There's a the rapper And his name's Pit, Pitbull right. Have you heard of Pitbull? No You probably have <laughs> You would have heard of his songs He's pretty popular Okay He's, he's quite hot right now Yeah and, and, and so I was trying to look cool With the young kids And I said Yeah I was listening to Pit Dog The other day And they just laughed at me Because I got the name wrong So mm. I'm just not I'm not up to play anymore One thing I've got to say That's going off And that's a junior program I've set up for our triathlon club Oh really? We are getting smoked with kids Oh and great We aren't coming along We've got like I think over 60 now Signed up Wow they're, they're under 14 So Wow that's awesome that So what, what is that? What does it entail? Uh, tr- tw- twice a week training Just fun stuff Short stuff Skill based stuff cool. um, But yeah This is like under You know Nine What do you charge a session? 85 bucks for a term So it's like bucks a week? Uh, less than that Yeah That's really cheap Yeah yeah, keep it cheap. And it's two it. sessions a week. Yeah, it's yeah. really cheap, man. Yeah. If you look at dancing, my daughter pays. I think we pay like twelve to fifteen bucks a session with dance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We just want to get the numbers out there. It's 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 paying its way. Long term plan. 
when the Olympic gold happens, you'll go, it's my fault. It'll be 2020, 2024, look out. Do you see any kids in it that are just like awesome? Uh, yeah, there's, there's some very good ones, but we're just we're getting pathways now, which is what's awesome. Is yeah. we really struggle with our high school groups, as most sports do. You know, when we started our program, we had sort of three or four in there, and now we're getting our first batch that are now moving up from our kids program into our high school program. So the question I have then for you, and I think this is a challenge to think about, is that how do you make it so that, you, that your group of kids become quite social at high school, so that they still keep this thing up? You know what I mean? Because I think that the, 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 the withdrawal from high school is that kids want to socialise, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and own a discovery phase. So sport becomes less important. You want to drink, you want to go out and try passion birds and all the rest of it. And so, you know, there's that, that discovery process. And that was, that's one of the reasons kids get pulled away from sport. So then how do you guys set up social things that helps that stuff to happen? You know, obviously not drinking, but, you know, social stuff that's actually quite fun that keeps them together, that makes the training still happen. Yeah, well, that's a challenge we've got. But I think part of the thing that we're doing by having this pathway is if they grow up going through these squads together, they'll have very close friendships, hopefully by the time they get there. And f- it's, I think it's largely a, a big part of it is um, we've got three a, num- a numbers game as well, is if you, know, if you can be taking yeah, five, 30, 30 kids up each year into your older program, you might get 10 yeah. of them drop out unless you, you know, you're going to hang on. And that's, that's just natural attrition, and that's the way the likes of the Brownleys and stuff have come through. They yeah, would have great. had big groups, and they would have got smaller and smaller. The, the computer's got to go. power. Okay, I'm Russ. I'm in don't. Train hard. Tresma. Kia kaha. Just in time, mate. We've got a minute on the clock. Here we go. <laughs> Damn, Max. <laughs> What's the power? My PC's still going strong. <laughs> Look at that. How much battery have I got on this bad boy? I suppose it depends on where it's powered up to. I've got-